Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, whatevers and whichevers. So, yes, I do have a special little announcement here about the music-related content on this podcast. So, I'm probably going to be cutting down on it to some degree. And the reason is actually pretty simple and straightforward. I've started writing for a website about music-related things. So I'm going to emphasize, you know, writing for them instead of uh, on this podcast when it comes to music stuff. It's not to say I will never do any musical content here. Um, It's certainly likely that I'll occasionally do it, but, you know, I'm going to be doing at least four articles per month there if I can manage that. And obviously, if I'm writing little um, music reviews here, it's going to subtract from my doing that over there. So uh, that's basically why I've decided upon that. Anyway, um, that might be boring for some of you. Maybe you switched off already. I don't know. But the main event here is my review of Earshot's album, simply called Two. So it's not the most original title. And it turns out that, unfortunately, it's not really the most original album either. So I want to try to be fair to it and not really tear it to shreds. Or anything like that. And uh, my main critique here is simply that it's just not original. It doesn't really stand out. So the uh, band personnel, there's Will Martin on vocals and guitar. Scott Kohler on guitar. Mike Callahan on guitar. Johnny Sprague on bass. Or maybe it's Sprague. I don't know. You know how things are pronounced differently. And also... Chaz Stumbo on drums. So, what do I have to say about this more specifically? There's a lot to be said about the composition, which is technically by the band on two, but the song Control might as well be credited to the band Tool, because that song sounds remarkably like Sober. And I've, I've actually raised that point when I was talking about this band, Earshot, before. You know, I've, I've said that they're, they're actually a decent sounding band, but they're not original. And I, have, I definitely brought up that comparison to Tool before. And go ahead and listen to that song, Control, by Earshot. And I think you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. If you compare it to Sober, you'll see I'm not being unfair. I'm not being a menace or a prick. It's just just the way things are. The two songs are shockingly similar. And uh, I, I just can't really move past that when I, when I tried listening to it. You know, it's like, it's, it's really one of those things. And obviously, I, I cannot say that this album was inspired by Andrew W.K. or anybody like that, because it really doesn't have that sprinkle of 
Andrew WK Energy. And why am I bringing him up? Well, it's pretty random, but it's just to give you an idea of what this album lacks. It just doesn't have any sort of energy to it that's like, um, I don't know, exciting. To be perfectly honest, it's it's a bit of modern pop metal that's radio friendly. And I, I get that the singer and songwriter, they're not terrible. The lyrics are technically all right. But I just think this album lacks any real definable quality. And that's weird because I'm still able to talk about it somehow. You know, it like I said, it's potentially listenable. But a bit like a successful musical chameleon album, for the most part. Um, it, it just doesn't uh, doesn't really do a whole lot. And the, the point is, you might not like somebody like Andrew W.K. or somebody who's maybe a little bit too full of frenetic energy. And, you know, I might not like him either. But he has a pulse to him, you know, a bit of zest. And dare I even say spark of originality to what he does. Whatever it is, whatever it is that he even does. You know, thrashing around and shouting some goofy shit into a microphone. I think this album could have used a little bit of something like that. You know, because the the songs, they're all just... They all just kind of sound the same to me. I know there are some technical distinctions you can make between the tracks. You could say, oh, this one has this. This one has that. But at the end of the day, they all flow a little bit too well together. Um, they're too indistinguishable. And, you know, this album's like, we're a rock band that sings about emotions, so we're just going to be a rock band that sings about emotions. Now hit that record button and get us on some video game soundtrack, which this band is apparently on. You know, they're on some video game thingies. There really aren't any memorable guitar riffs on the album, to me, at least... Not that I can recall. And, you know, I'm not being unfair because there are obviously plenty of albums in existence where you will remember a riff like, oh, I don't know, the the intro to, you know, a Holiday in Cambodia by the Dead Kennedys or, you know, any number of songs, really. For some reason, I can't even think of any songs. Uh, but you know what I mean. Rolling Stones can't get no satisfaction. There we go. That's a memorable riff. And uh, it's it's a riff that could actually stick in your head after you're done listening to it. For some reason, to my ear anyway, this album just didn't uh, grab my attention in the way that a catchy riff might. You know, obviously... The, the Beatles have some catchy riffs. I could go on and on. The Animal's House of the Rising Sun. Every, everybody who has heard that riff and who plays guitar pretty much instantly knows that song, unless they've lived under a rock, of course. And uh, it would have been fine to me if they had just put in a song that was a little bit different here and there. Just have, like, two songs that, like, uh, make this make the make the whole thing a little bit less monotonous, I guess. 
you know, I mean, that's that's really one of the struggles about music because you do have a sound, but sometimes you sh you should veer away from it to some degree to uh, just say, hey, we we tried something a little bit different on this track, you know, uh, this track, you know, like even the band Corn does that, you know, like they've got some tracks that have like bagpipes on them and whatnot. And, you know, there are definitely plenty of people who hate the band Korn, but you can't say that they totally lacked originality or whatever. I mean, you could be a, a person who has seething animosity toward Korn. Maybe you think they're, they're the worst band ever. But I think even if, even if you have that view of them, you pretty much have to admit that, hey, the band at least was kind of original. You know, they, they were just pretty much objectively. There was no band that really sounded like them, you know, at the time that they came out. That's one thing that you can say about them. What can you say about Earshot with this album? I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't really say anything that much. And, uh, you know, I, I don't recall anything like, oh, I don't know, an organ solo you know, like a keyboard solo or anything like that. You know, I'm sure there are some songs that are peppered with a chromatic interval here and there. But even if they do that, the songs don't really feel chromatic, if you know what I mean. Like they, they just, uh, I don't know. They just worked them out and they're like, we're going to hit that record button. This is good enough. Some people are going to like it. And really, that, that's all they needed to do. They're just like a professional rock band, you know. And uh, there's a song called Someone that has some poppy, almost muse-like muse -like vocals. And, you know, of course, most of their lyrics seem to be about emotions and stuff. And that's fine. We all have emotions. But I, I don't remember any lyrics that stood out either, you know. Like, that's one of the problems with people writing songs that are just about their emotions all the time because you know how many emotions do you have well i think we can have a lot of different emotions but are they adequately being conveyed in a song form or does it all does each song kind of have the same sort of emotions going through the entire album and uh you know that's again part of the problem here as I have said, Control sounds freakishly like Sober by Tool. Of course, they're far from the only band that sounds similar to something else. For example, I remember, I remember that Green Day's Brain Stew pretty much rips off Chicago's 25 or 6 to 4. And, you know, a lot of people kind of forgive them for that because it's sort of a descending riff you're gonna have some descending riffs that kind of sound similar and so on and so forth but you know when it comes to this song it's it just sounds too much like tool you know you can at least say that brain stew ultimately does have kind of a different feel from the chicago song you know even though you might prefer one over the other and green day did seemingly rip that rip off riff off a little bit it's it still sounds different it has a different feel it's different enough to where you 
where you can probably say it's not a complete and total ripoff. So on that note, I I hate to keep picking on this band, but you know, I kind of like to do it as well. I think this album could have used a bit of something like a long view if we're still talking about Green Day. You know, that Green Day song begins with an upbeat, yet casual drum beat played by Trey Cool, and then a catchy and memorable bass line by Mike Dirt kicks in. And it's really sort of an iconic bass line. And even though I'm not the biggest Green Day fan of all time, and I think Billy Joel, or Billy Joel Armstrong, or whatever the hell his name, Billy Joe, I keep on wanting to say Billy Joel, you know, the piano man. But anyway, I think he sounds like he's got a bad cold when he's singing. But, you know, they almost objectively wrote some catchy songs that had some original elements to them. Even though they're actually, you know, I'm going to criticize them a bit here and say they're a bit generic too. But I think Earshot songs on this album don't exactly stick with me. There's another song called Wait that starts off with a heavy metal riff that sounds virtually indistinguishable from so many other heavy metal riffs. The singing is Maynard-esque. Maybe it's, you know, another tribute to Tool, I'm not sure. It's not even a terrible song or anything like that, but nothing about it really stands out much. You know, that's sort of the theme here. And I'm probably starting to sound like I'm whining about this, but, you know, we're trying to be in-depth here. And I'm trying to, to specifically go through you know, the shortcomings of this album. In fact, you know, because I I brought Green Day up, I can actually compare them yet again because Earshot wrote a song called Waiting. And I don't know if you know this, but Waiting was also uh, covered by Green Day. And it sounds like Billy Joe Armstrong has a really bad cold and that song as usual. Now I really hope he someday gets his stuffy nose problem fixed. Anyway, I definitely don't like, you know, uh, the song Waiting as much as Longview, but it's perhaps still a more memorable song than Wait by Earshot, even though I might actually prefer the Earshot song. <laughs> you know? Um, that being said, Waiting or The Waiting by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, which was, which was released back in 1981, blows both of those songs out of the water. So, um, actually, I, I now that I think about it, I don't think Waiting is a cover song. I think I'm getting a mixed up with the song that was on the Howard Stern Private Part soundtrack. Um, but anyway, uh, before we're through go ahead and hit that like or subscribe button or whatever the hell you can do. Even if you don't like this episode, go ahead and listen to my episodes anyway. Let it become a weird little endurance test for yourself or a ritual. Can you actually withstand this random guy's incessant chatter and annoying voice and critiques of, you know, rock bands? Well, maybe you can or maybe you can just play my podcast on a very low volume while you're out walking the dog and you can boost my play numbers while getting some exercise and taking that 
precious little pet of yours out on a stroll. You know, good times, good times. And, uh, you know, if you boost my play numbers, that's how fortunes are made. You know, because it's all about the cha-ching. But anyway, that's really all I have to say. And, uh, yeah, enough is enough.